developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These, <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does I it say? It would be a good. <laughs> I didn't even get to idea. Okay. Maybe I can just ask you the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going well. It's going really well. <laughs> Welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Emma. And today we are speaking to author of crime thriller novel, The Islanders, Sarah Leonard. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for joining Hi, us. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thank Welcome. you for having me. Thank oh, you. it's our pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. And it's such a, an exciting time, fresh off the release of your debut novel. How Actually. has it been and, and how is it going? Oh, it was it was so much fun. So um, I, I guess it's quite different to to what it would usually be like if we were allowed sort of out and about. But um, yeah, it was just a really it, I don't know. It was just a really nice day. The sun was shining. Um, my family um, bought me lots of nice gifts and friends sent flowers and things. So it's sort oh, of like my good. my birthday, my birthday and Christmas all all rolled into one. But um, that's <laughs> great. I think, I think, but, the sort of funniest thing was I I filmed uh, a little video, like a pandemic book signing, and I lined all my teddy bears up because um, I'm <laughs> at my family home at the moment. And I lined them all up and asked, you know, Winnie the Pooh who I was making the book out to. And um, <laughs> people, with, people on Twitter were obsessed with it. It's had like 17,000 views and it was just shared and shared and shared. And lots of um, teddy bear fans have bought the book even though there are no teddy bears in the book that is one way to market your book isn't it literally well exactly (laughs) it's quite off brand though for for what the book is uh itself uh a crime thriller book it is it is and then i thought oh my goodness what if people think that it's a children's book and then they buy it for their child um start buying it for (laughs) six-year-olds yeah (laughs) they read the blurb before they um buy yeah, definitely. And and just for the the listeners now, do you want to give us a quick summary of the blurb yourself? Yes. So um The Islanders is um sort of Agatha Christie meets uh reality TV. So I'll I'll just read a little section. I'll just read the back out because I've got it and it's, you know, probably more sensible than than I can come up with <laughs> on the spot. Um, <laughs> So uh, Kimberly King has spent five years running from the reason she left the police force. She is desperate for a fresh start, so she can't say no when she's selected for the hit dating television show Love Wreck. If she wins the cash prize, she can finally move on. But Love Wrecked isn't the paradise she was promised. Within hours, one of the contestants is dead. Then the announcement comes. One of the islanders is a murderer and Kimberly must find out who. For every hour it takes her, one more person will die. The game is rigged. Everyone is hiding secrets and time is running out. Oh, the drama. That's so much, so much drama. So much drama condensed into that kind of very powerful concept right there. Yeah. 
it's a sort of murder mystery love island with a bit of hunger games thrown in is that right <laughs> yeah basically sort of survivor <laughs> love island agatha christie it's great well it sounds sounds absolutely brilliant and so zeitgeist as well there's so much uh, there's so much in there which is so relevant to you know consumerism and the way that we see mm. entertainment nowadays yeah. and and very much the dangers of said entertainment yeah could you let us in maybe on the sort of inspirations uh behind that that kind of wild idea yeah i mean it's funny that you say um it being very relevant and zeitgeisty. I I don't consider myself to be particularly relevant or zeitgeisty. <laughs> so, and, and everyone keeps saying that, and I'm like, gosh. Um, so it's, it, it actually came to me very quickly. Um, I I mean, I had been writing before. I hadn't been. I wasn't writing crime. Um, I okay. had actually started by writing young adult fantasy. Um, that was the first sort of novel I I ever wrote. Um, and I'd already decided to sort of let that go. And I was thinking, you know, what, what else, what else can I, yeah, what, what's my next idea basically? Um, and I was, it was as simple as I was, I was watching Love Island and, uh, reading another sort of crime novel at the time and, and the worlds of it just collided. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if this was, where somebody decided to sort of have you know be the kind of location for for their crimes and have it all you know played out on on screen so it came to yeah. me mm. very quickly the kind of this meets this um and i wrote it very quickly i wrote it in a couple of months um obviously oh, wow. it's fast yeah i got i got feedback on it and then it and then i edited it and made changes um so it, that process took a bit longer. Um, but yeah, it, it just sort of came to me and then I had to figure out why and sort of how everybody else on the show was brought in. And so it needed a bit of planning, but it did actually come to me um, like a sort of in a flash, sort of like a lightning bolt. And I definitely <laughs> overuse that phrase in, in my writing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. it came like a flash. And I think it's because that's how this, came to me amazing and something i really like about it is a little a little thing you do where the chapters are kind of broken up by these um online magazine reports yeah yeah it's so good it's spyland is it uk? yeah spyland yeah and and then and then you even throw in the like tweets the from like trash queen (laughs) 2000 and, and these these various different people online that I love things like that where you break up the the divides and the chaps and things like that, mm. especially with, and this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, because I'm literally going to talk about the prologue. The very first thing you read in the book is is, is basically saying what has happened, and and then you go into how that got there, and that's how the story unfolds. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, they, they were really they were really fun to write and not wildly different from the types of headlines you'll see on certain news oh yeah um, outlets yeah Yeah. so you know like daily mail headlines um are a source of inspiration Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a rare thing to hear from an author (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's like what jamie said it's it's really interesting way to switch between like writing techniques um and was it something that you always wanted to do when you were writing the book or when or was it something that you came to whilst you were writing the book 
Well, I liked, um, I wanted to use those because what was important to me was that it was, it's all streaming live. Um, Mm. And obviously because of that, that people would have an opinion. Um, And, you know, the, the first thing is, well, if it is streaming live and somebody's been murdered, why has the channel not cut it? Well, the channel does cut it, but then obviously when there's a will, there's a way to find something on the internet. Um, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to make what was going on in the outside world uh, available to the reader without mm. having to have another character. Um, and yeah. so the articles, the articles were a really good way of doing that. And then um, emails, I use some emails for backstory, which is another good way of um, giving backstory without giving too much away because you're just seeing the purpose of the, the email. Um, but no, I, I really I really enjoyed doing the articles. Um, and they came very naturally in terms of writing style. Felt like I knew how to write those articles. So they were really they were really fun. Um, and the prologue allowed me more time to get to the to the island. Without the mm. prologue, I felt that it was a bit. Um, you almost didn't know what the whether the show was going to be. Um, obviously, it says on the back, but whether it was going to be a, a murder show or whether it was going to be a romance novel. Whereas the prologue yeah. makes it clear. Oh right, no, this is this is what has happened, and this and and then you wait to find out how we how we got to that that point. So no, that that was really. Um, really useful and I enjoyed yeah I enjoyed playing around with the different different types and wanted it's it's pushing the boundaries of of what might actually happen on a reality television show Mm. but I wanted to add those news articles to 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 add that level of believability that well this is happening and this is how the outside world is responding and actually some people aren't that bothered that it's happening they're quite enjoying the drama and lots of people don't necessarily believe that it's happening and they think it's all, you know, it's all just part of the show for ratings. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when I was writing it, there was, um, I got a notification on my phone from, uh, I can't remember what, it was either the Daily Mail or, or the Mirror or something like that. And it said um, apparently a, a killer loose nearby the um, I'm a Celebrity camp. It made me think, well, this is happening. And then obviously with COVID, the people in, in brother in Germany being told about COVID. All yeah, these yeah. articles do exist when things are happening on the outside world. And and I liked that. I liked having the difference between what's going on inside and what's going on outside without needing a whole nother character and a story. And a, yeah, so that's why I decided to do it. It's very effective. Yeah. And current concept as well, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's so, definitely. so current towards like what you said, the news articles as well, because obviously there's so many stories coming out in the press at the moment where people are affected by these certain news articles and things like that as well. And it just, it just goes to show, it really shines a light on that as well. Um, and to bring it back to just like the, the beginning in your writing journey, I know that you just said um, that you did write a, a fantasy novel, was it? Um, yeah. That was your first piece of writing. Um, so so what happened with that? And what was your process with, with um, entering into the, the the writing sphere, really? Is it something that you always wanted to do? Did you train or um, how did that go for you? So it didn't... Um... I, I didn't really start. That was the the, first, the the YA fantasy novel was actually the first thing I ever wrote. Um, mm. 
I mean, as a child, I, I remember that I wrote a story once in primary school about sort of three little white dogs and I was absolutely obsessed with it. And, you know, there was going to be an audio book and, you know, <laughs> that was it. I really, really wanted to do that. And then I I don't really know. I, I mean, I've always known that I can write, whether it was, you know, mm. school essays or, you know, university essays. I've always been able to do that and it's always come very naturally to me but I never thought that I would write a novel I mean I, I when I was at university I did a lot of play production and I all was always in awe of the people who wrote the play I mean I'm still in awe of people who write plays I think they're all it's a very different medium to writing yeah. a novel but I never thought that it was something that I wanted to do or could do and then I had the idea for this YA fantasy it's sort of been tumbling about in my head for ages and then when I was um I, when I was living abroad and I you know I just moved there and I didn't have that many friends so I had more more time on my hands <laughs> I just started writing one day um mm-hmm. and I, I yeah I, I just sat down and started writing um I, I actually started it on the notes on my phone I used to have to travel a lot when I was abroad um, sort of around around the region that I was living in, and I would just write on on airplanes when I was, you know, in taxis on on my mobile phone. And then I remember <laughs> thinking, this is actually quite a lot of words. I should probably move it across somewhere. Um, and then I, 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 I like I got to about twenty thousand words. I don't know how how I got there. I went back to the beginning and looked at it and thought, oh my god, that's terrible. Um, and so they made, made changes and then um, started doing lots of research how to write a book and YouTube became my my go-to place for information um, there's, there's one particular author on there who has loads of videos about you know how to write a book the different types of genres the different age categories the word counts you need you know everything about writing and about the industry as well you know getting an agent how publishing works and I just inhaled all of the videos that she had available at the time. And it really helped me finish the book, rewrite the book. Um, and, and I rewrote it a couple of times. And I did, um, I did query it. I got a couple of requests from, from agents, but ultimately it didn't go anywhere. And I, and I do think that it's because it wasn't really the right genre for me. Um, mm. I don't read very much YA fantasy. I don't read very much fantasy. And actually, when you start engaging in the fantasy reader world or writing world, you know, there's such huge fans. Um, And a fantasy reader will read absolutely every, you know, maybe not every fantasy, but they're really well versed in it. Whereas I was a bit more shallow in my knowledge of it. And I realized that everything I listen to, everything I read everything I watch on television is usually crime related um mm. so yeah yes yeah. so <laughs> so when I made the, the switch it felt much um, more natural but in terms of my my journey and this is always something I say to people who want to write is to is to just sit down and write and um, I always yeah. had an eye when I started writing and I it just felt so natural and so fun I really really enjoyed it I then yeah. thought, okay, well, I would like to pursue publication. Admittedly, I, you know, at the moment, I only have a 30,000 30, word, you know, rubbish, <laughs> rubbish <laughs> of words. But keeping my eye on, well, what word count do I need um, for it to fit into this genre? How would I get 
an agent, thinking about the journey really, really helped me because it forced me to be more professional, I guess, thinking about what those next steps were. Yeah. And and yeah, just just doing all that research and, and actually just sitting down and writing. And I think what helped me was that I wasn't stressed about the fact that it was rubbish in the beginning. Yeah. Because I know when I chat to people who want to write but maybe haven't finished something, they get very hung up on what each sentence might mean or yeah. their ideas. Whereas I just started writing and carried on writing. Um, and it, it flowed very naturally. That's really good. I think, well, for me, I know that I needed to write a book. And that was kind of how I learned to write a book. Yeah. In a weird yeah. kind of chicken yeah, and no, egg that, situation. That's what, I would, that's what I would say that right, how yeah. I learned. I mean, some people get published off their first book and, you know, it's that's brilliant amazing. and they just yeah. they just nail it. But yeah, for me and I think a lot of other people, you learn to write a book by writing a book. Yeah. And and if we can go going back to you, you mentioned that you did submit your YA fantasy to agents. I'm wondering, um, I mean, I don't know what the pitch was for that, but the Islanders is such, it's such a strong concept. Like mm, it's such it a really pitchable is. concept. Did you notice like in the way that the agents responded to you when submitting that, did you notice the difference in terms of how quickly they jumped on that concept? Um, not necessarily in the beginning, I don't think, because I, I my my sort of journey was quite different. Um, okay. Because I, 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 I sent it to um, this time last year. I, I participated in Pit Mad, the sort of Twitter competition. Oh yeah. And oh, didn't yeah. and didn't really get anything from it, but at the same time, um, had had also applied. For- Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. For a mentorship program, which I didn't get, but two authors who were mentors gave me feedback. Um, They didn't select me, but they gave me loads of feedback. And then I spent lots of time, you know, making those changes and then Six months later, when it was the next pitch competition, I'd polished my pitch and really like practiced, you know, practiced what it would look like. And then that did really well. Um, and I got, you know, that's how I got my publisher in the end. Um, but okay. I got agent, I got agent likes from that. And that very quickly turned into, you know, full requests. So, yeah. And, and also not just with agents and, you know, publishers, but also with readers. You know, being able to pitch it, not every book you'll be able to do this with, but it's much easier with a book that has a very clear and sexy pitch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it is sexy. It's a sexy pitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. It's no, a good it's one because I've talked a lot with writing friends and other authors and, and even some agents about like the importance of the pitch. Mm. And, um, you know, you'll never find out 100%, but there's a, there's some books w- that you, you see and you think that was picked up on purely on just a brilliant concept. And we've heard from agents, like when they look at submissions, mm-hmm. they say, they think to themselves, okay, how am I, how can I market this? How do I get a publisher to take this on? And when it's something as, as strong as, uh, you know, Love Island meets Hunger Games, you know, it kind of sells itself. 
which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and, um, yeah, exactly. And um, even around the time of the pitch contest, you know, another um, publisher that you can send direct to, they they'd reached out and said, "This sounds this sounds really good. Send it to me when it's when it's finished." So that 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 helped, and I knew. Um, I think which is why I was so excited about it because my YA fantasy, although I'd also sort of pitched that as um, it was sort of like it was it was inspired by Plato's Republic. So there were kind of three classes oh. of people, and I, I worked really hard to refine that pitch. But obviously, um, <laughs> it, it is hard to stand stand out in a fantasy. But I, I think it is. There's a good thing about yeah. crime, yeah. or the good thing about say psychological is you can just pose the question uh, of yeah. what would happen if or you know somebody's looking at a, a body and they don't call the police and then you know something that can hook people um I found I did find it harder in that genre to have that really obvious hook um and yeah. I think it's because yeah. I, I'm not a big reader in that in that genre either so I don't know what would attract me whereas I I yeah I just had I had a really good gut feeling about this particular book and oh actually that that reminds me I um I I pitched um so DHH literary agency yeah who I'm now with um do do a pitch contest every year and I was gonna say last year this happened when I did my interview on my publishing day that I can never remember the years we're in because last year just kind of went away um I know. So, I know exactly what you mean <laughs> no, yes, it, was, it was it was two, 2000 and, 2018 I um that's a yearly pitch session where you get 10 minutes in front of an agent and they do it every year for free to support authors which I think is really great I um it was in my my home home city so I had, had applied and, and was accepted and even by the time that I was pitching then I already had started and had the idea for this particular book so when I went I sort of said to the uh, agent that I was pitching to um well yes you know this book's this this YA fantasy yeah yeah great but also I have this other idea what do you think about it um and and she she sort of said um I could just see that she had a she, she thought it was quite exciting and she said oh send it to me when when you're done and it ended up being um it wasn't it wasn't her it was it was another agent at the um at that literary agency who offered me representation and um, so, so that was just quite a so it's, and, and at the time she was organizing the pitch contest and I didn't even know that you know at the time I was talking with my the person who would become my agent um <laughs> I could see then that there was this it had legs and, yeah. and that got me excited. No, it's great. And you've, um, off the back of that, you, you, well, you signed a two-book deal, is that right? Yes, yeah, two-book deal. Yeah, so I imagine you're pretty, like, into the next writing of the next one. Is is that right? Yes, yeah. So um, I, I'm, I've i taken a, a sort of took a break from it last week because of my, um, being my debut week. But yes, I'm about yes. 60. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Got to celebrate at some point, haven't you? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know I can be so guilty of thinking, well, I've, I've done that now. Just focus on the next thing. So I, I, I forced <laughs> myself to not um, to not work on it over 
over the weekend, over the, those couple of days in the weekend, even though I was twiddling my thumbs a little bit, feeling like, oh my God, mm. I should be working on it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'm about 60,000 words into to the second oh, one. Wow. Yes. And my, yeah, I, I again, once I, ha- once I know what I'm writing, I have the idea, I can fly through things pretty quickly. Um, but mm. I have actually now sent the overview to my editor because I said, oh, there's a couple of things I'm not sure about um, here. You know, I, I sent her the overview and then said a, sent a long bullet pointed list of all the things that I didn't like. And I wondered what her, <laughs> her feedback, her feedback was. So um, when she sends me that, I'll be, I'll be back into it. Yeah, that's great. How do you find the editing process? I know that you said previously that you can kind of, you find it quite easy to edit your own um, words and you can go back and sort of um, rip that apart and then rewrite. But when somebody else is ripping your words apart, how do you find that? I know it can be quite daunting for some and and quite easy to let go for others. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it really does depend on the person giving you that feedback. And how mm. much you, um, how, well, firstly, how harsh they are when they give it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously, if they messaged me and said, well, this is a load of crap, that, that, that would be hard. That would be hard to take. Yeah, but yeah. I always knew that, um, I always knew that it would be part of it. And I was quite prepared for it. And, and I think I'm quite a collegiate person. So I do like getting feedback. Um, and I like having somebody, you know, I love having somebody that I can bounce these ideas off. Um, and even before I submitted, I'd sent the, um, I'd sent the, the manuscript to a friend who, I know they say you shouldn't send it to your friends, or your family, but I knew that she would give me the, um, the feedback that I needed. And, and, and she's just excellently blunt. She'd sort of say, no, it's <laughs> that's terrible. Great. Always good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, We've all got that for one friend. Right? Yeah, You're exactly. Just that's blunt. good. Um, ending ending is absolutely rubbish must change um (laughs) (laughs) that helped me and also with the mentorship you know the the two authors that sent me feedback it meant that I had to delete the first sort of 10 chapters of the islanders when I first started and I you know copied and pasted it and I moved it across to a document that, that I wasn't totally deleting and actually some parts I did pull back in um mm-hmm. but with Sean so Sean Sean Heap my editor I mean her her cover letter was just you know I absolutely love the book this is amazing here are the things that I want you to, to, to change and she was so so gentle it was like please don't be offended I think this will make it better and I completely agreed with everything that she suggested there was nothing that I felt so precious and you know I know that I'm new I know that that this is the first book I've I'm ever you know have ever ever got published so I Mm. would I want somebody to give me that critical feedback I want to make it the best that it can be um I'm sure there are always things that I could I could make better but I I really like getting I really liked getting feedback um, especially when it was so nicely delivered as the way Sean, Sean delivered it. So, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Get, a, get a nice publisher. That's the lesson of this. Uh, yeah. Takeaway. <laughs> if, if they're coming, edits nicely. Exactly. <laughs> if they're coming at it from a, from that collegiate perspective. And I think you can tell, you know, sometimes I, I right at the beginning, I'd work with um, some critique partners who wouldn't be quite as, as helpful and, and would be much mm. more, 
either cutting or I felt like I didn't really agree with them. Whereas with, you know, the, the friend and, and with the way Sean presents her information, it will be either she'll say, I think you should do this, or she'll ask me the question and then we will discuss it. So it's all about yeah. working together, yeah. not about her saying, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. So, so that's what yes. I thought was really important. There's definitely a skill to critiquing and, and, we've talked about this before on the show, like when you spend time with a writing group, you kind of learn how everyone is and how everyone uh, works with writing and and the craft. And, and, and when, with that knowledge, you kind of know how to approach each other. It's like learning to uh, speak a language to a certain person in in some ways. Yeah. And and I think different people want different things. I know that I'm, I'm quite a, I'm quite a logical person. So I like if somebody says this bit isn't working because of this and this might be a better option or something along those lines, then I'm I'm quite easily convinced in that sense because I might say, oh, yeah, that 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 sounds really sensible. Let's you know, let's make changes. Whereas if somebody just said, yeah, I don't like that, that doesn't give me anything. It's not very constructive. It's, It's not constructive. Yeah. And speaking of groups and advice and mentors uh if you were able to rewind the clock go back to a time before you had been signed by an agent published what advice would you give yourself oh oh I, I don't know i quite i think i quite enjoyed the, the the journey so far i mean my advice would probably be don't write fantasy <laughs> Go, you know, go, go straight. Yeah, go straight into crime. Um, so think, yeah, maybe give myself right. more time to think about what genre I want to write. But but actually, mm. I'm mm. I'm really I am really happy with the way. I mean, maybe even start earlier because I, when I discovered writing and I really I really really enjoy it. It would have been great to to have even started earlier I mean I, I'm only 30 so I hope I've got a long career ahead of me still but um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah just to, to to give myself that opportunity to have started earlier I think would have been would have been great but I I did actually think there was value in writing that first novel because letting it go was such a valuable lesson to learn you know it it, it had been yeah. the first thing I'd ever written I'd learned so much on it. It was almost like a training bike, you know, that when I let it go, I I wouldn't want to change the experience I had when I was writing it and when I was learning how to write and um, that excitement about writing it. So, I mean, yeah, maybe think about, think more about the genre um, that I want to to write. Yeah, Yeah. find the genre that's right for you. But do, um, (laughs) maybe I could have given it, given it up a bit earlier than I did um but, but overall I'm pretty happy but that's a hard that's <laughs> yeah, a tough skill so. the tough skill to learn is 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 knowing when yeah. to give up words as it were because you put your heart and soul into every sentence so you know giving up a, just a paragraph or like a whole chapter that's hard enough giving up a whole book you know that's something that a lot of people will have to do as 
authors. Mm. Not many people publish their first book. I think that's yeah, the reality. Yeah, I think what we've learned through this as well, Jamie, I don't know whether you agree, is that, you know, I think it's so important, like what you've said, Sarah, to be able to let go. And that's the main sort of takeout is yeah. that you definitely, yeah. it's so prevalent in everyone we've spoke to that they've just had this skill um, of just letting an idea go or a full book or a, or, you know, a concept and kind of honing in on what their, you know, their skill is um, and, and what story they want to tell and in which way that is right for them, which I think is, you know, it's really valuable yeah definitely I think I have to, I'll have to do so I mean I haven't answered the advice question particularly well because I I do I am really <laughs> appreciative of the journey I think it's been it's been really good and I've found lots of mm. lots of great resources and, and met lots of great people and it has got me to this point um but, but on the letting it go point even now with the islanders it's out in the world there'll be people that love it there'll be people that like it there'll be people that don't and there'll be people that absolutely hate it and I need to now let that go I'm not quite at that stage yet. um but it's true it's not it, it's out now there's nothing I can I can change I'm I'm really proud of it but I have to let go and move I, my headspace is still quite in this one I guess because it's my first but I I hope as time goes on I'll be a bit better at that sort of chain uh, where the wheel of you know moving on to the next one yeah yeah definitely and you've like lived and worked across the world really um how much of those different cultures do you think and experiences have informed your writing so the um my my first book the the fantasy book um was, was really inspired by uh well partly Plato's Republic but also living in Malaysia because there's sort of three different um main cultures um and ethnicities that that, that live in malaysia so um oh. malay malaysians chinese malaysians and indian malaysians and just seeing the way that they all interacted and the way that they kind of worked as a community really informed um my writing even sort of the dress and the names um and yeah and and everything i'd say uh the islanders has been less inspired by by living abroad it was mostly inspired by um just uh yeah watching watching reality television (laughs) and crime yeah to some extent like I mean one of the characters initially um in the book was Polish because I've lived in in Poland and my my boyfriend is Polish and so I wanted to bring that in uh some Mm. in some way but um but yeah, then then it didn't. The naming didn't work, and he said, "Oh no, you can't." You know, the name in Polish would be very complicated. And I thought, "Oh, that would just that will terrify people." So I changed <laughs> it to being Russian in the end. Honestly, when we when we found out that um, we were interviewing yourself, um, Jamie was like, "This is the person you'd love to speak to, Emma." And she like has wrote like this reality TV sort of concept thing. All I have watched through um, lockdown is reality TV and crime, Sarah. So this is my perfect sort of just book in general what what have you been been watching is there anything you'd recommend below deck is what she's been watching Uh, (laughs) jamie Jamie knows jamie knows um below deck which honestly the first three seasons awesome kind of teeters off but then it's good and then is it married at first sight in australia what an absolute world yeah i've seen i've seen that advertised i i really enjoyed uh, what was the one where you 
they can't love is blind love is blind I had a great time watching watching that although I got a bit annoyed because it kept saying love is blind but then everybody was incredibly attractive I thought yeah (laughs) yeah it's not that much of a risk is it (laughs) no exactly it didn't really make sense but I loved it anyway it was so good and but I think that brings us nicely on to the last question Jamie would you do the honours, please? I would love to do the honours. Uh, the final question, <laughs> Sarah, is if you were marooned on a desert island with nothing but one book, which book would you take with you? Oh, so I think it would, have to be, it, would, it would have to be a book that I could read like multiple times. Can it be a collection or just one book? Well... I mean, people have people have found many ways yeah. to cheat and manoeuvre around <laughs> the, system, the system. So, <laughs> yeah. what collection would it be if it could no, be? A I collection? think it would be it would be a toss up between um, like the Winnie the Pooh collection because I just think those <laughs> <laughs> books, books are great and um, very you know very philosophical. Um, so true. Yeah. Great, and um, and then yeah. the other one uh, probably would be very basic, which gets said a lot i'm sure uh, pride and prejudice oh, oh yeah yeah a classic. i mean it's, it's a classic it'll never go out of fashion yeah and i think it's it's probably one of the only books that i can read i mean so harry potter i can listen to time and time again on you know on audiobook with stephen fry um oh, so you yeah. know if an audiobook was involved it would have to be that but pride and prejudice i can i have read and can read multiple times i'm not that good at rereading books I think Pride and Prejudice mm. is one of the only ones I've reread uh, more than once. So oh. it would it would have to be Pride and Prejudice. Oh, well, great. that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the show. Um, it's yeah, been thank you. so insightful talking to you and I'm sure for all the listeners as well. So thank you. Go and buy Sarah's book now because it's out. Um, so yes, The Islanders. The, check it out. Exactly. It'll be. Yeah, and I, sh- I should um, say that I actually write under S.V. Leonard. So it's The Islanders by S.V. Leonard. Ah, yes. The Islanders by S.V. Leonard. Is there yeah. a reason why you write under S.V. Leonard? Yeah, well, I, um, I, I, I work full time. Um, so, and, and I have a, you know, professional work contacts and that sort of stuff so and a, you know a LinkedIn profile so um I thought it'd be yeah. helpful to have the separation between between the two. Oh, definitely that makes sense. yeah that yeah. makes a lot perfect sense. very sensible I think we were hoping for like a kind of secret agent thriller <laughs> answer to that but that makes a lot yeah, of that sense and I've killed I've killed lots and lots of people there it is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> To keep up with everything that Sarah's doing, you can follow her on Twitter at SV Leonard or on Instagram at SV Leonard Author. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK and on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 